Welcome everybody to the Spectrum Sanctorum where we are using our powers of illumination to shed light on what to look forward to in November of 2022. I am Brandon Liu and joining me are my buddies, my compatriots, my partners. We have the captain <laughs> or, or today he's forward dove. Looking forward. What's going on, <laughs> Joe Dove? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm finally rested up from Comic-Con. We had a lot of fun uh, a couple of weeks ago running in the New York City streets and in the Javits Center, which is, I forget how huge, until I start walking around in it, and then my legs are sore. So I'm finally recovered, happy to be here, and happy to hang out with my buds. Yeah, and of course, joining us, you know, we've seen Billy here, we have seen Texas Jay, but we have Aussie Jason here with us today. Jason, Welcome. It's your first time here. Looking forward. Yes, yes. I'm I'm very excited to be asked. It's, it's an honor and a privilege to come on the show and talk about what's coming out. Um, I'm always keen on seeing what's in the future. So this is a I've been loving this show because we're getting to know what's coming out, and, and uh, with all the amount of content we have, you need <laughs> shows like this to, to keep us informed. Yeah, And then what's fun for me is that normally giving everybody some inside baseball on the show here, Jason normally gets to play the host. And so he's normally fielding the questions to us. And now I get to ask him questions and let him Ooh. just have the freedom to run his mouth. And, I, and, and that's a joy for me. There you go. Oh, that's awesome. I do <laughs> feel slightly vulnerable, but. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, are we ready to begin? Let's go. Yes. Well, then let's start out with November 3rd, and there's quite a bit of things coming out on November 3rd, but we're starting out with Blockbuster. I have not been so excited, I think, for a sitcom in a while. I'm not really a sitcom guy, uh, but wow. Blockbuster has Randall Park, uh, who we know from Ant-Man, WandaVision, and of course, he's done sitcom work with Fresh Off the Boat, uh, and... It looks like the cast, they're going to be inside of the final be uh, blockbuster. I was going to say Best Buy for a second. The final <laughs> blockbuster Party in stuff. America. Of course, Netflix is the place that shut down blockbuster. They have they have to struggle with keeping the place open. Uh, Joe, how yeah. do you feel about the show? I, I can't wait. So I spent a lot of time in blockbuster once... Um... They had two stores open, one up the road from me where I lived in Westchester and one in Cross County, which is the next town. So I used to spend a lot of time getting movies. I'm a big movie guy. I love going there, getting the popcorn and everything, spending way too much on that stuff. But I also have a very close friend. Shout out to you, Mark Fabel. Um, he worked there as a manager for a number of years before they shut down <laughs> in Westchester. So every time I think of Blockbuster Video, it's like synonymous. Oh, Mark, you know. So, is Mark going to be watching the show? Oh, I probably is he probably. hurt emotionally? Is, does yeah, it yeah he, he feels it. He feels it. And and I feel like Netflix feels it because um or no Blockbuster, the CEO of Blockbuster feels it because they still own the franchise name. Right. But um Netflix came to this is a fun fact that I'm gonna throw. Netflix came to Blockbuster and was like, Hey, why don't you guys do the mail this service? It'll work better. Or streaming. And Blockbuster was like, No, nah, get out of here. And look where we are now. You know, Jason, there, there's a lot of talk on Twitter and I imagine other social media that this is really Netflix just like twisting the knife already on the defeat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, do, is there a bit of, 
I guess, schadenfreude, uh, a little bit of joy that comes there from is, as, as Joe said, like, Blockbuster was, what well, it was the the company for 20, 30 years. And the, I grew up in Blockbusters, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then see the irony of, you know, Netflix going to them and going, hey, we got an idea. Nah, don't need you. And the irony now that they we're doing a show about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's twisting the knife. I think it's actually coming across to me more of a, a loving tribute for, for a time gone past. Yeah. I myself, like I said, spent a lot of time in blockbusters. I also owed a lot of money in late fees to a lot of blockbusters. <laughs> yeah, and same. because of that, from about four blockbusters. Wow. wow. So, um, number one, awesome. I never paid them. They went broke. And I'm, I'm the reason they went broke. Let's be honest. Oh, know? wow. Um, but, wow. yeah, certainly I have a love for the store. You know what used to annoy me about Blockbuster, though? New releases were never in. No. Impossible to get a new release. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what an idea for a show. What a great concept. Yeah. What a what a just a delicious idea to be running the last blockbuster and all the things that come around it, you know. Yeah. Trying to survive, you know, dealing with what would potentially be odd people who are still holding on to the VHS DVD days. It's it, it, I think it's gonna be a great show in there because you could write so many different storylines. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of, you know, no pun intended, but but I, I do look forward to the show. You got an all-star cast. Uh, you've got Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine-Nine in there. I do believe the yeah. creators of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm going to throw that, that image back up because I'm going to look at the cast a little bit clearer. Yeah, and, yeah. And, okay. uh, oh, wow. This yeah. is just a secret joy for me, but like J.B. Smooth, mm -hmm. uh, yes. who's just Mount Vernon. He, he's been in the industry for so long, and so anytime he pops up, I'm just happy to see him. Like, Pootie Tang was so long ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> and here he is now, just still just still going strong and being funny and being such a vital part Kirby of enthusiasm is just so good, you know? Yeah. He's probably my favorite character on that show. Yeah. Let's move on to the next show, also on November 3rd. Like I said, it's a big day, starting out November strong. Mm. But this might be a personal joy for me. This is the Dragon Prince, uh, the mystery of Aravos. Uh, this is the first season to uh, get a like little subtitle. Mm. And I know that you guys are, are not too familiar with it, but I, I, I also know that you guys love animation. So this is my opportunity to recommend it to you all. Okay. What right. I can tell you about what I know about the show is I know absolutely nothing about the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, fans of the show have been waiting like three years. It's been three years since uh, the last season. Part of that, I'm sure, is because of the pandemic. Part of that is because animation is, you know, very expensive and hard to produce. It takes time. And part of that is because uh, there was a wait for a Netflix deal. Uh, so I guess I'm giving a synopsis of season one for you, uh, gentlemen, yeah, but please. basically the premise of the show is that there is, uh, an elven continent called Ooh. Zadia, uh, and they are separate from the, uh, uh, human continents. There, there's numerous ones and the, the division between the two is kind of formed out of the death of a dragon. The humans are seen as the, 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 the evil ones, so to speak. Right. Um, but, but it stars, we're actually, the stars are the humans. And it's Prince 
Uh, it is Prince Calum. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Calum is the stepbrother of the prince. Uh, and there is the, oh my goodness, I'm slipping on his name. I, but um, basically, as they try to escape an assassinate, uh, assassination attempt on the king, uh, oh, okay. they, the, the two boys stumble upon a dragon egg, which should not be around. Dragons are thought to have been like extinct, except the dragon prince is actually still alive. The dragon's name is Zim. So now that they know that there is a dragon prince, the dragon egg is there and it's hatched and the prince is alive, we've got to get the dragon to safety and bring peace to these two warring nations. But of course, you know, that's there, there's political intrigue that doesn't want this peace to happen. Um, you know, the humans want to maintain their power. The elves don't even know that the, the, the dragon prince is still alive. And so there is just this fight to get the dragon to safety, to keep peace between all the lands and the, the mysterious uh, Aravos who's been lurking in the background, uh, who's been kind of pulling strings. And we don't know a lot about him. He has not even physically taken uh, a form in the, uh, uh, I guess, 3D realm. He's been trapped in like a mirror dimension. And he's from a star elf race who we know like very little to nothing about. Uh, but they've been pulling strings. He, he's almost godlike. And this season, we get the opportunity to find out um, like all the characters have been aged up. And we get to see exactly what strings uh, uh, Aravos is. Uh, uh, what, what, what so they've the jumped forward in time. Yeah. Yes, there's a jump forward in time, and we're get to see what he's been up to, what the grown-up characters uh, uh, have uh, been up to doing. The the dragon himself, his name is Zim. We're going to see, I guess, a grown-up dragon. We're going to see a grown-up uh, grown Caleb, who is the stepbrother, who is now a high mage. Uh, and I I think all the fans of the Dragon Prince are just excited to see how where everyone's been over the last three years. And also where it's going to go now that it seems like the, the 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 mastermind who's been lurking in the background is finally going to come forward. Right. So I don't know if I did a good job of selling you. No, guys. no, that was I'm great. Very, you know, I, you know what I was thinking honestly as you're describing that, and as I'm listening to that story. A, it was a fascinating story. But B, I feel like we're in a renaissance with anime, and I think Netflix has a lot to do with that, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because this, like, if this is going on four seasons, and the plot that you're telling me seems very complex, um, and and you know, obviously, if it's got a four season on Netflix, it's doing well. Yeah. Yes. Because you know, we talked about this pre-show about Netflix have a have a model where they're very ruthless about shows. If they're not working, they're not afraid to cut them back. So clearly, the quality's there. Um, and yeah, I, I personally think it's amazing that Netflix are supporting these animators with these uh, really, like I said, wonderful stories by the sound. Yeah. It's really uh, been the fans helping to keep the show alive because in between the time where we've been just waiting on a new season, they've released a tabletop game. So if you're a Dungeons and Dragons fan, you may enjoy right. this. Mm, uh, yeah. and, if, and even if you're not a fan of checking out you know the 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 show itself maybe you want to check out the tabletop game it started as such a small 
seemingly independent product that now has grown off to like, you know, merchandising and it's building a little life of its own. And I, oh, I find it I find it's interesting that they're going on the fantasy because we've, we've got a lot of fantasy stories that are coming out, you know, Lord of the Rings, House of Dragon, you know, it finds it's Netflix has, has done that vein of fantasy in a new method. And it sounds a lot like a story I wrote when I was a teen. Uh, I think I used to write a lot. Joe's getting a lawyer. This is going to be a talk. No, uh, but, you know, you talked about fantasy and they're kind of going in that realm. But they, to me, with all the different, you know, uh, anime shows that are out there that deal with a lot with fantasy, everyone seems so unique. That's what's yeah. so inspiring is the fact that everybody's being able to craft their story. Nothing feels repetitive. Yep, yep, because they also you know, have Arcane, a... Arcane, the big one, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That was you know, that Sting. feels so original. In its, yeah, like, execution. And Sting um, does the theme, guys. That's one of my favorite yeah, yeah. of all time. One so. of the last things I'll say about the show before we move on to the next thing, if I still haven't sold you on it yet, the uh, the person at the head of the cartoon, uh, yep. if you've never watched before, but you're looking for good quality animation, the head of the series is actually uh, someone who's worked on uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender uh, from Nickelodeon. Well, so if you okay, enjoy dropping... that, you've got to come and. Uh, okay, so you out. just dropped a whole big bunch of credibility there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes um, it even more Airbender. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge, massive. About, yes, yeah. I believe it's uh, created by Aaron. I, oh man, I hate to try to pronounce the name. He has and Justin Richmond. Okay, and, you know they they were the uh, heads of The Last Airbender. So it's right. it's it's nice to have, and that and that's actually very strong about selling point. Yeah, so please check it out. Let's move on. I, I'm done giving my love fest. Okay, <laughs> and um, let's move on to Titans season four, also November third. But this man, that's a busy HBO day. Max. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now, confession to anyone watching, uh, I am not the biggest fan of titans uh i've watched season one huh. uh i i promise i'm gonna get into season two um because i am interested in seeing the characters but i'm not caught up to season four but season no, four promises I, to bring uh yeah, i'm not uh, either yeah neither am i <laughs> are, are either of you guys dc comic fans i am cool. i am yeah, okay yeah. And, so, and i invested in the first two seasons of the show i very much season. enjoyed the first season yeah. I well, felt season two is where it lost me. Mm. Well, season three introduced the, the 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 threat of Jason Todd taking on the form of the Red Hood. Ooh! Uh, and... Oh, that's got me. That's everything yeah. right in, right there. Man. I know that. Oh, and, and the big bad of season three was actually Scarecrow. Oh, interesting. So going into season four, uh, based on the promotional material that I'm looking at. Uh, whether it be posters, looking at the episode titles, and just what I know from watching season one and a little bit of season two, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Brother Blood. Wow. Uh, and Brother, and I have to believe that maybe with Brother, Bro Brother Blood, we may get some more glimpses at maybe Trigon, but that's not guaranteed. But that's well, where my head is at. But Brother smart. Blood and the Cult of Blood will absolutely be a factor in season four i would See, i feel titans in in many ways in some ways probably has been unfairly maligned because it got caught up in a the renaissance of the disney plus coming through 
with all the new wave of comic book stuff. Also, the popularity of their other big show on HBO Max. Um, Doom Patrol? I just blank. Doom Patrol. Which has really built a cult following, Yeah, I feel. Especially with uh, the Brandon Fraser, taking, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just some of their – they do very different storylines there. Yeah. So I wonder if Titans is being unfairly maligned because of that. It's yeah. it's possible. I try not to talk too neg- negatively about a show that yeah. I did not watch in its entirely uh, entirely. Yeah. Um, I appreciate probably more so than Marvel Studios. I appreciate DC's ability to produce different kinds of content for different kinds of audiences. So I'm a big fan of Peacemaker, Harley Quinn. Yes. I loved um, Peacemaker. That was so good. Uh, I enjoyed Young Justice. Um, yes, I, first two I, seasons, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I enjoyed the later seasons, even though I feel like they strayed too far from like the cast got too big, the story got too wide, and it's hard to keep everything, you yeah. know, yeah, just tight and cohesive. So it's nice that something like Titans exists, but mm-hmm. in the age of mature content, whether it be Harley Quinn, Deadpool, or uh, the boys. It's. I feel like so many other places have done mature content with a higher quality than Titans has. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the boys I, is an excellent example of that. Yeah, I've got yeah. a son who's twenty five. He's growing up, obviously, oh. being my boy, doused in Star Wars and Marvel fandom. Like he's mm-hmm. and he's gotten to a point in his life where he rejects a lot of the fandom oh. because he's in that cycle of life. Everyone goes through a period where you get fatigued. Um, and his comment about the boys is like, the boys seems to capture the concept of superheroes so well that I'm struggling to go back to watch Marvel and DC shows because the story writing in in the boys is actually almost perfection for him. And being a 25 year old guy, you know, he wants that more harder edge content, you know? right? So that's why, you know, and 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 the question would be for me, who is Titans made for? Who's the demographic here? It's not for kids, is no. it for adults? Because there is some R-rated elements, but they always seem to pull it back a bit. Right. So, I and I think like that might be for, another reason. I feel like it's for, and and I think even saying this sounds kind of insulting, but I'm gonna put them in like the Snyderverse category. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure not everybody who watches and enjoys Titans is necessarily a fan of the Snyderverse, but I feel like there is some shared criteria between the two properties where uh, uh, if you're a DC fan who maybe uh, enjoys Injustice or Mortal Kombat versus DC, just more of the adult content and like seeing your superheroes maybe curse and bleed and do drugs and just be different from the maybe brighter side of the comic world that we were raised on, you know, this is a far cry from super friends. Uh, it's, it's, I feel like there is a, a, a fan base for this dark twisted fantasy of the DC universe. And that's fine. That's not necessarily for me, but I am interested. I, I like, I also feel like shows like Titans might be the only place I'll see a live action Hawk and Dove. Because yeah. there's no movie featuring Hawk and Dove. So that was one of the strong elements get, of season one. Yeah, yeah if, if this is all I get, 
then I'm gonna watch Titans. If all if the only what brother about, blood I'm what about get the whole the, the 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 white elephant in the room with a lot of these shows is you can't have Batman in the show. Though they did in snippets, but I just feel the problem with with we get a lot of these shows. We've got Gotham Knights coming up soon. Right. Uh, another show where it's all about Gotham, but you can't have Batman. So mm-hmm. and, and I think that's actually something that I think the audience might be getting if we're gonna have Superman and Lois, right, and be yeah. as good a quality that is. That is an excellent show, yeah. Why can't we have Batman in some of these Gotham shows as being a titular character? Like, we have seen Batman in, in, in like, Titans, but, like, wouldn't it be more interesting to have that relationship really play out? Like, Batman doesn't have to be the star, but he has to be a constant story point because mm-hmm. of Jason Robert and you know, well, everything's tied. Every, all roads lead back to Batman, right? Yep, yep. It feels and, that way. I feel yeah. like I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum here because, with me, at least in the comic realm and even in the movie realm, I'm Batmaned out. <laughs> oh, okay, but, fair like, enough. Like, I like I yeah. enjoy I enjoy the yeah. Batman. That's the thing. Like I can't even say that I don't enjoy Batman. I love yeah. Batman. Batman's one of yeah. my favorite superheroes ever. Yeah. But at the same time, at least from the comics end, it feels like the only comics produced are Batman-related comics. Uh, whereas Marvel can produce a, a Miss Marvel. Uh, they can produce a show about the Scroll starring Nick Fury. They can do Luke Cage on Netflix. And who knows, maybe we'll get a Marvel Studios version there too. Like, I feel like everybody gets an opportunity in Marvel Studios and in DC, it's all Superman, it's all Batman, and I'm Batmaned out. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the big obviously the big news that come out recent, which I think we'll see an end to shows like Titans and things like that, but a fresh new direction is the fact that James Gunn and Peter Safran are now running DC Studios. Uh, so you quick, have actual creators now in charge, and I so, think it's going to change the direction. So the second guy you mentioned, I know James Gunn, but who's the yeah, second Peter guy? Yeah, Peter Safran is a producer. He's been producing James James Gunn for 20 years. Oh, okay. Okay. Extremely okay. smart gotcha. storyteller. Mm-hmm. Real big behind-the-scenes guys. They're in safe hands with those two guys. Yeah, I think it's going to be a because new you, universe. Because you're now focused on the stories and characters, more so what they think the investment will be. Because James Gunn, they've given, you've got to remember, they've given the head of that studio to an independent filmmaker who created a financial flop for them. Right. In the Suicide Squad. Everybody loves that movie. No one went and saw it. No. So this is, they, they're they backing James all the way, and I think that's excellent. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for me to see what happens in the future because this was all shot already before James Gunn's acquisition. James Gunn being part of this... Uh, uh, being not not part of but the head of this team now helps us figure out whether or not this is going to be the final season of titans or will it live on so Mm. i am curious if you're if you've been meaning to watch but haven't watched you might want to check it out because this might be its last opportunity to go grand opening grand closing (laughs) moving on the very next day what is it about the first week of november man the very (laughs) next day uh, November 4th, Weird, the Weird Al Yankovic story, uh, starring Daniel Radcliffe, 
uh, out of all places, it's a Roku original, baby. It's. <laughs> I've got my Roku. I gotta say, can, I'm ready. Can I jump in this? Most yes. anticipated film. One of the most. Really? I'm a big Weird Al fan. Oh, and wow. the fact that we've got Daniel Radcliffe joining. Yeah, him, that would have seemed like an odd choice. But if you've seen the trailers, um, it's great. And the movie isn't supposed to be. It's like the Dewey Cox story. There are elements yeah. of truth, but it's also a spoof and a parody on the concept yeah. of biology. Which I'm sure Weird Al loves. Yeah, which would be, that's the clever part of this. Um, and I, look, I'm just really excited to see it. I, as an Australian, I'm struggling to find where I'm going to be able to watch it because we don't have Roku channels over here. So I'm hoping have- one of it's our streaming services. It's not a, it's yeah, a device. We, we, like we don't have HBO Max here, but we have the Australian license subsidiary, which is Binge, which means oh. all of HBO Max content goes onto the streaming service called Binge. Oh, neat. Um, so I'm just really excited to see it because it looks fun. Weird Al Yankovic has been a strong part of pop culture now for yeah, coming on fucking 40 years. 40 years, bro. It's pretty crazy. So I'm yeah. thrilled that he got his own movie. And come on, who didn't grow up in the 80s and not love the idiot from you at VHF? Yes. You know? Yeah. Like, what a great UHF. Sorry. UHF. Yeah. Yeah. Like the guy's iconic. One uh, of is mm-hmm. uh, was my first concert that I'd ever attended. I went for my birthday. Oh, uh, dude! I'm so jealous to hear that. Weird Al Yankovic was the last concert my mom and I went to. My parents were yeah. not were not fans <laughs> of Weird Al. Like they they enjoyed the idea of him as a existing thing. Yeah. But they're not necessarily fans of his work. So they actually drew straws to find out who was going to take me. And it, was, <laughs> it was the loser who was going to take me. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's such a great story, bro. Um, and uh, so my mother That's lost. Funny. And uh, so she took me to see it. And uh, it, was, it was incredible because I only knew about him at the time from – like the only album I think I owned at the time was Bad Hair Day. So this is when he was doing the Coolio parody, uh, mm-hmm. Amish Paradise. Yeah, and I good. knew about other songs he did. Like I'd watched the videos, but I didn't know like his whole catalog. Yeah. And I just remember when uh, the concert seemingly ended, they said goodbye. There was like this one drunk fan in the front row who just started screaming, like chanting like Yoda, Yoda. Uh-huh. <laughs> And he came back for an encore and they did Yoda. And that was my first time hearing his Yoda song was live at that yeah. concert. Wow. Right. That's amazing. That's amazing. So that was great. And then I'm also just, a, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a Daniel Radcliffe fan. Not, yeah, same. you know, forget Harry Me Potter, too. man. Swiss you look at man. His, He's a weird dude. look at his filmography now. Yeah. He's done some really weird, independent, fun stuff. I think the guy's got really good comic timing too. So yeah. I think he's awesome choice. Yeah. Yeah. He's hilarious. And what was that to- movie he played? We played a dead body. Yeah, I it was, was the Riddler was in that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And he rode him work? like a jet ski at one point in the movie. Right. Yeah, I think that was Swiss Army Man. Swiss, Swiss Army, Army Man. Man which, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, he he's got another TV show uh, uh, where where he plays an angel, uh, and right. it's just really weird stuff. It's and, but it's and, all fun. It's, it's all a fun. lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, he's a great actor. Great choice. Looking forward to it. And then I'm he was in The Lost it. City, which is a total yeah, <laughs> left again. turn. It was like, oh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he was, was also in a film that, 
It was also in a film that was shot here in my hometown recently Uh called Escape from Pretoria, about a true story about a couple of people escaping a prison in South Africa. And so he was all around the city. I saw him in the city having lunch. Did you have lunch with him? All that kind of thing. Sorry? You had lunch with him? No, I saw him having lunch. Oh, so oh, 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 I was sitting in the same cafe. He was having lunch. Aussies generally don't harass celebrities. Really? We generally won't go and ask for selfies, especially if someone's eating. And because mm. we've got a big sports background here, we don't bother people when they're eating. Mm-hmm. I think it's the height of rudeness, especially if they're with families. Like if you see a, a celebrity with a kid, that's a no-go zone. You do mm. not go up and ask for autographs. Wow. Because they're spending time with their family. It's a respect. Right, right. Um, so That's we saw cool. him around and he, he apparently loved his time down here because everyone lived, left him alone. Mm. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is we're smart about that because we want these guys to keep coming back and investing in our town. So if, if all of a sudden we're getting celebrities going, no, nah, man, can we go and shoot in Adelaide because they leave us all alone. We can just focus on the work. And we can actually have a blast. We really enjoy being in that space. Mm. Like, you know, there's a famous picture of George Lucas came to Adelaide. And what he did, he went into one of our crappiest shopping malls in the city and just, you know, one of those little side stores, ordered some Chinese, had his meal tray and his cup of <laughs> lemonade, and he just sat there in the middle of the mall eating. George Lucas? No, yeah, absolutely. I, we can get the picture of it. And uh, I believe you. I'm not just saying. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm yeah. Shocked. No, I bother yeah. him. He loved because his wife, as you know, she goes travels the world doing conferences and stuff like that. So he's retired. So he goes with her, of course. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Weird Al Yankovic is coming out. We're all looking forward to it. Australia yeah. is great. We're all going. We're, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, not that not that I'm a celebrity, but I look forward to just being left alone. So I'm just going to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can bother me. Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah. guys, we got to talk about the big one, and we're finally moving on to a new week because that first yeah. week of November is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Black Panther, World of Wakanda, November 11th. This is the big one. Uh, this is actually, with the exception of Weird Al Yankovic, the only movie on the list. Uh, this, is the, the, this is where a lot of questions are going to be answered. We know that it's going to be the introduction of Namor into the MCU. Uh, we've seen pictures of Shuri in the Black Panther costume. Uh, uh, so we, we, we know we're going to see that. But we still really don't know a lot about this movie. Uh, we don't know the threat. Because uh, Namor himself has been both villain and hero. But normally when he's villain, he's manipulated. So I feel like there's someone else in the background, and we oh, don't know who. Interesting. Um, uh, we. Yeah, I we, think that's an excellent point. If you know anything about Namor the character, he is. He's not. Even though he can come off as villainous, it's not done with no purpose. There's a reason behind mm-hmm. his actions at every point. So, yeah. Look, this film for me, I got to say, this is probably the some of the most powerful trailers I've ever witnessed. Yeah, the these trailer they dropped for this. Literally, I my ears was my ears, my eyes were swelling up with tears. I don't know if I could cry out of my ears. Um, but it was highly emotional. It was highly emotional, and it was yeah. And like, what a what an exercise to do this. They could have easily just said, "Okay, we're just not doing that." Um. So Ryan Coogler needs a bigger shout out here to craft a story to. 
pick themselves up to clearly make a film what it looks like, which is honoring Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Right. And also driving the MCU forward. It's a it's a monumental feat. And you feel like all the actors have gone all in. I mean, look at Angela Bassett in these trailers. Yeah. You know, they think we're weak because we have lost our protector. Like she is really stepping up the mark in this film. I yeah. what can you say? This is probably Oscar worthy in some ways. Like interesting. It's gonna get that kind of buzz, I think, because it I think feels it has to. I think Black I, Panther I, was up for best film, wasn't it? Yeah. It was up for best film. They actually won, I believe, for costume design. Yeah. Uh, so I, I definitely see that. I think one of the things that made the first movie, there's a lot of things that made the first movie so special. But one of them was how it kind of boosted the careers as, uh, as they introduced people like Winston Duke, uh, you know, who, who played Mbaku. And uh, Patricia Wright, who is Shuri. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm interested in seeing uh, Michaela Cole. I'm not sure who she's playing. Uh, but Who's she... the girl playing Ironheart? Because that's the big two is where we're, we're introducing Ironheart into this film. Yes, yeah. we have. That's the we first have, time we're going to see her. We're going to have Riri Williams. And, you know, that's I'm Riri gonna... Williams. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna find out who that is right now because off the top of my head I do yeah not. you know she and that's because she's getting her own series after this right so that's yeah. already been let down so I, I like let out so I'm I'm really excited about it I will say though, the only that's, thing that's, I'm sorry I Dominique Thorne Dominique Thorne yeah. yeah I was Thank helping you. you no worries yeah mm-hmm. the only thing I am concerned about with this film is the fact that I I can't make logical sense why you would make Shuri Black Panther. No, that's because there's precedence. No, but there's precedence for this. In the comic, and this is something that, believe it or not, we're going to give a shout-out to Billy right now. Uh, he was supposed to join us, but he may come at the end because, you know, he likes to show up late. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in the comic book, uh, Black Panther gets cancer and cannot protect Wakanda. So Shuri dons the mantle of Black Panther. That works for the comic books. But it doesn't work for a film. Because here's the issue we have. We've established Shuri as being the second smartest person on the planet behind. You know, she's it. So why would you put your smartest player in a suit when you've got both Okoye and Nakia, who was offered the flower in the first film to take the mantle of black by the queen? Why would you have warriors who are surrounding you who are probably more physically capable not take that mantle. I'm a big believer of the theory there are multiple Black Panthers. I was just going to jump on that, dude, too, man. I think it's very possible. Go ahead. Tell me your theory, Joe, because I, I do want to know. It's not theory. a theory. Uh, Brian Cougar, uh, Ryan Cougar, excuse me, in the interview from the Red Carpet event said that there's some surprises in here because there's more than one Black Panther. So well, well, I, I, I didn't know that such a statement was openly said. I, now, yeah. now now I'm, I'm hyped. Yeah. It's. It's definitely going to be interesting because, as we saw, there is a challenge and tournament. You're not just handed the role of the Black Panther. It is. Yeah, not I, it didn't work out for me. Yeah, it's not. It's not <laughs> a family ties thing. Yeah. It's no, but a- then again, you got Mbaka who almost won the mantle in the first film. Right. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. Given the opportunity, in fact, based upon their their system, shouldn't he have been made Black Panther? Which is also. So these are the big questions too. I want answers for. Yeah. There's a lot to figure out because even in comics, a couple of people have had uh, the mantle. 
You know, yeah. it, it, yeah. it's not just Shuri. It's not just uh, T'Challa who's had the role. Um, it is definitely seen, you know, the cow has been passed down to other people. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm very interested in the world of Wakanda itself because as someone who has read multiple Black Panther comics, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not interested in the more, but I was very much interested in more villains like Killmonger who are, uh, from Wakanda or have ties to Wakanda that, uh, uh, there's political intrigue there. There are actual Black Panther villains, not just Fantastic Four villains. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, or, you know, there's, you know, so I wanted, I was hoping to see more of that, more uh, characters from Wakanda step up. And I think we'll see that not just with Shuri, um, but, you know, we'll see that with the Dora Milaje because uh-huh. as their fame has grown, so to speak, in the Marvel Studios, in Marvel Comics, their roles have expanded. Uh, some are no longer, uh, uh, some are no longer heroes. Some have become villains. Some have wow. become, uh, some have become kind of a. I, I don't want to say. I'm not sure if anti-hero is uh, the best gray, way to phrase like a gray it. Hero, gray hero. Yeah, gray hero yeah. might be the best way to put it. It's, where... it's very interesting. And you, you mentioned about Marvel. They, yeah, they've done a great job in making general public know who who they are. Yes, mm-hmm. and you're right. And then if the comic books are expanding as well, that's great. I'd love to see some of them go mm-hmm. back, like yeah. in a in a live action sense. You know? yeah. Right. As someone who like enjoyed uh, Denai, uh, Denai uh, Guerrero's uh, yes. uh, role, uh, Florence Kasumba, who also showed up in uh, Winter Soldier, and yeah, Falcon she was Winter great. Soldier. Yeah, um, and I already mentioned that uh, Michaela Cole is going to yeah. be in there, and I believe she is also going to be part of the Dora Milaje. I'm not sure what her role is going to be. Maybe she'll take on the role of Malice, uh, but I don't know. Uh, she's still a little bit wrapped in mystery for me. So I'm very interested in seeing where everybody goes uh, uh, because there's so many places for this film to go. Um, and this I movie know, doesn't make under a billion dollars, does it? Right? This is It's guaranteed no, in the be, make. It's a billion-dollar profit, right? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be... There's some, there's some people who feel a little concerned about the lack of uh, promotion, which, like, I guess comparatively to last time, it being the debut of Black Panther, mm-hmm. um, because it's not like there's no promotion. They just released a Rihanna song, uh, you know, promoting the movie. I think they just wanted to get all of their other Marvel Studio projects out of the way, and now they can focus entirely on Black Panther 2. Um, the premiere just happened. Uh, yeah, I just saw yeah. the New Day from WWE in their nice looking suits. Oh, they were uh, there. <laughs> yeah, they were there. <laughs> there you wow. go. So, so you know what? The feedback's been pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of tweets with a lot of good stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be so checking it out for sure. Very yeah. excited. Moving on, also November 11th, if you're not going to the theaters that day and feel like staying home, Netflix has you covered. It's Wednesday. And, Is and it on Wednesday? It comes out. I I, I doubt it. More than likely, was it November twenty third? I might have delayed it. Is that Black Panther? I feel like it's a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm literally going because I know I have a lot of meetings that week. Yeah. Right, go ahead and check. 
All right. No, it's on a Wednesday. That's brilliant. It's a Wednesday. Well done, Netflix. That would be the worst. You'd have to do that from a marketing perspective, don't you? Yeah, yeah. What a missed opportunity if you don't release it on a Wednesday. Check out Wednesday on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) So there's already been a lot of thoughts, discussions, anticipation for a lot of different reasons, uh, expectations, because it's it's Wednesday and people Mm -hmm. have a lot of strong feelings about the Adams family. Um, And so now it's finally here. The trailer had dropped and it's nothing what anyone expected because it's not an Adams family show. It looks like a supernatural mystery. Uh, uh, taking place in a, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to use the word supernatural again, but, uh, you know, just, uh, fantastical. Yes. Fantastical boarding school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, the Hogwarts for, for yeah. the odd. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes you know from the mind of Tim Burton, Tim Burton. This is a Tim Burton produced. Uh, and directed, he's directed four out of the eight episodes, so we know his fingerprints are all over this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, what do you think about Wednesday? What are your first thoughts? Uh, firstly, I'm excited because I'm a big fan of the films that when they came out in the early 90s, I enjoyed them very much. And I loved the shows growing up as a kid, so I've always been a big Adams Family fan. I was particularly taken with the trailer of this because of the direction they're going and the fact it's not family-friendly. I mean, literally, within the first 30 seconds, there's a bloodbath with piranhas and swimmers. (laughs) Yeah. Like, in a pool. And I straight away, I'm going, oh, wow, this is not PG. They're going a step further. Hold on. Um, And I really like it. This could be Batman the Dark Knight PG. This could be we see the piranhas and we see the blood, but we don't actually see any booties get bitten. (laughs) Bitten booties. But the second thing that struck me was Jenna Ortega. Yeah. Mm. Like her performance straight away. And she just fits so perfectly. And that's a big ask coming from who I thought was the perfect Wednesday was Christine Ricci, Ricci, who we know is in this show as well, playing a different character. So the casting has been exceptional, don't you think? I mean, unbelievably, there was was apparently kickback about Louis Guzman playing Gomez. Which makes that. no sense because he's the perfect person to play the Gomez. Perfect. So yeah. who's the person to blame for this? And that's Raul Julia for being being so sexy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and it I, was a different type of Adam's family they were doing. Right, 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 right. But but he it works better because he looks like a bit of an ugly sloth and he's got this beautiful woman by his side. Right. You know? It's actually more accurate to the old comic strip and the old comics. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and the, the the original series in black and white. Uh, Captain Phasma's in this as well, Christina, um, Gwendolyn uh, Christie. Really? Captain oh, Phasma's wow. got a big role in this. I think she pays the head of the school. Um, I'm a big fan of this. I'm hoping, honestly, that this show is that good that we get spin-offs of all the different characters so it becomes oh, a whole like universe thing. Yeah. And then we finally get a series almost like Avengers style where oh, it's focused wow. on the family. <laughs> Netflix, <laughs> I'm ready to write <laughs> an Adam's Family <laughs> universe. I'm not sure if I'm camping on that bandwagon because <laughs> I, feel, I feel then we're going to get like the Cousin It origins. We're going to see oh, a bald I'm down Cousin, for cousin It show. I, I, I don't need to see a bald Cousin It. I don't want to know how he became It. I don't need to see the It gene pool. <laughs> 
let him stay a shroud under all that hair. Keep. What do you mystery. think about the Uncle Festa who they've cast as Uncle Festa? I love him. Uh, yeah, he feels, I thought it was great. He said that night live, you know, legend. Uh, he, he's super quirky, yeah. uh, super animated. I don't think it, but there's uh, definitely a lot of flexibility being used yeah. here because I don't feel like, uh, even though the 90s movies have expanded on different ideas of fester and what he's up yeah. to and where he's been mm -hmm. and what his life has been like while he was missing or as he tried to pursue a love life fester kind of became the star of the adams mm -hmm. family movies because of the values he it. was yeah, yeah, yeah i mean and who could blame it it's played by the lloyd. great christopher lloyd of course yes i share um, a birthday with him but <laughs> I did not know that. Yep. I'll be okay. sure when your birthday comes, I send uh next <laughs> hey, year. Joe, it's your birthday. Back. We're gonna yeah. come back. <laughs> we gotta go back. We gotta back in time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I feel like the um when it when it comes to Fester in this show, we're going to be looking at someone who I guess is even more animated somehow. He looks like he's part of the 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 secret mystery that's happening behind the scenes um, that that is being uncovered. This is giving me uh, teenage mystery young novel vibes, mm. like, yeah. like, but in and, a good way, I think. Well, absolutely. It reminds me of yeah. the Netflix show, uh, the 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 unfortunate events. Uh, Lemony Snicket's unfortunate events. Yes, these are yeah, the vibes I'm getting. Yeah, yeah that's a, you know, it's actually a really good connection because it's. Yeah, got you know scene. what I love about Uncle Fester though? Mm. He's the cool uncle. Yeah, he's all about the kids, man. He's yeah. the big one. He's the cool uncle. He's, he's the uncle you want. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he will let you do the things you shouldn't be doing. Right. You know. Right. Um, yeah, Fred Armisen no, no. is is Uncle Fester. Yeah, yeah, yeah Fred Armisen. Yeah, yeah, that's who is that incredible Portlandia sketch show right. for years, which was hilarious. And he was um, the uh, guy's a legend. He's in everything. Yeah. And he's one of the great drummers of our time, actually. Apparently so. Yeah, yeah he was the drummer so. for uh, Seth Meyers when he had first started his late show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, now nah, look, I think this has got the potential to be a big hit. Yeah, Joe, I'm definitely going to be watching it on the day of release. I wow. it'll be a, a must see for me. There yep. you go. Cool. Yeah, and they have a great cast. Uh, we we mentioned Christina Ricci, Gwendolyn Christie, who's just been killing it because she's on the Sandman. Uh, so she's I haven't, you know, I've not watched that yet. No, it's so good. Oh, no, that's a secret oh, shame. Wow, God, oh, so good, so good. I hear it's amazing. It yeah, she's amazing. It's it's not like you got to go into it with an open mind because it's not like your typical comic book movie where there's like a superhero that saves oh, the day. I've read. I've read yeah, oh, you read, read the? It. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right, so I'm not telling you anything. Yeah, it follows the comic no, no. pretty well. It's oh, I thought you were well. going to mention how there has been some changes, and I'm like. Well, I support any changes made in that show because it's been under the guise of Neil Gaiman. Right. So any changes they had to make for a live-action version has been handled by Neil Gaiman. Yep. Right. I'm good with whatever it's different. Yeah. Well, we're about to wrap it up. We've got one more show, and right at the end of the month, and that is th – this is going to be tough because I don't know if this is just a nostalgia feel or if this is possibly the birth of something more. November 30th, Disney Plus drops Willow. Oh, uh, yay! Warwick Davis! Warwick Davis is back in the role. I mean, who else could play Willow? Uh, yeah, the, show, no the, the show doesn't exist without him. Yeah, exactly. When I but saw, sans Val Kilmer. You know. 
when I saw the plans of bringing Willow back, because I always wondered why they never, out of all the remakes, out of all the properties that get brought back from the 80s, why Willow has yet to spawn anything else. And then when I saw that Disney Plus was doing Willow, I was like, it's happening. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I I saw Willow in the cinemas. I have very specific memories of seeing that in the cinemas. And I also remember the film doing well, but not being a huge hit. Like it, mm. it serviced well, and it came out in '88, late '88. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was, it, you know, I was surprised they actually brought it back. And I, and like you, Brent, is this around nostalgia, or is this building something new? And you know, everyone, like you said, Val Kim was not in, but everyone else is back. Everyone, yeah, mm-hmm. that's alive. Even, even including Kevin Dunn, I think, playing one of the little. Yeah, inch high people, the littles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. if you remember that cartoon show. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, look, it, they've kind of gone all in, and they've like they spent a pretty penny on this sucker too. So um, they obviously felt they had a strong story. It's it's something where I'm. I saw an argument being made about Disney Plus being that not that they don't have good shows, but whereas Netflix has originals. And HBO Max even has some originals. Amazon Prime, everyone has it, but not everybody watches it. If you mm-hmm. have an Amazon Prime shopping subscription, you just are able to watch the Amazon Prime TV series. And Don't give though- him any ideas that Rich Bastard's got enough money. <laughs> it's a brilliant business model, though. Think about this. Yeah, It is not about the streaming service. No, it yeah, is about a- He wants you to sign up to get the, on the Amazon Prime delivery. That's their focus. The reward is the streaming service. Yeah. Right. And it's, yeah. it's, 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 but they have originals too that are growing names for themselves. Hulu, even though they are mostly, they're like 90% owned by Disney at this point, they have originals that are actually like no one used to talk about Hulu. No. And but now, then they came out with Predator and, and uh, right. my show that I right. love, Ghosts. Which I freaking love. But Disney Plus doesn't have a lot of originals. Most of their originals are extensions of brands that they already have. It's IP. It's driven. IP driven. It's all IP. I mean, they've been feeding on their own uh, legacy now for about 20 years. Like There are live action adaptations of just about all their classic cartoons. You're right. That's the biggest problem Disney Plus have is the lack of originality. Because they are just every IP they have, they're just pumping out the stuff. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big consumer. I eat it up and I say thank you very much, Circular. Yes. <laughs> but you're right. There's a lack of originality. What I think makes a huge opportunity here, though. I'm not sure. Like this is this is also an IP. Uh, mm. but I think where there is an opportunity for uh, growth here is these aren't quite, they're not necessarily Disney plus kids. Uh, uh, you know, the same way that you would think of the Disney Channel kids, the the, the ones who, mm. like Selena Gomez, people who are on like Wizards of Wa- Waverly yeah, yeah, Place yeah, yeah. or Sweet Life, Zach and Cody, whatever. Uh, but there's a lot of young actors here. Uh, you have, uh, for example, Tony Reva, uh, Revolori, who plays... Uh, he's in Spider-Man. He's in uh, the Spider-Man movies. Uh, he's oh, okay. played. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, he played, played uh, Flash Thompson. No, Fla- uh, Flash yeah. Thompson. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, and, so, and the villain from uh, Winter Soldier, that young woman from not Winter Soldier, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes, Erin Kellyman. Uh, yes, she was. Yeah. I thought she was great in that. Oh, she she was stealing some of the show for me. Like, like she, yeah, yeah. like one once she was no longer a, a a factor. Not to say that the U.S. agent wasn't you know great or anything. Um, I I enjoyed the uh, the U.S. agent, but. I feel like Aaron Kellyman playing the, the the leader of the Flag Smashers was uh, a very like that's a big role because the 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 Flag Smasher is not a memorable villain in Captain America lore. So you take and rework this character into a faction, and you manage to get this charismatic leader. And you know Aaron did great. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of these familiar faces and seeing what they do now there's no superheroes backing you know there's there's no marvel branding it is really up to uh, uh warwick davis yeah uh, those who are really dedicated I to the to see. well i can't wait to see what willow's developed into willow yeah. in the movie was yeah the he was like the greatest american hero he's learning his powers he wasn't very yeah. good right but at this point he should be, be pretty powerful yeah. At this point, right? right. Yeah. Like he should be able to do some pretty incredible stuff. So I'm really excited to see about. It. And you know what is just good about this? I don't. I, I and you talked about it in a way, Brandon. Was this is a recognizable IP to old folk, but it's not for the young. Mm-mm. So this is an opportunity to get young people introduce them to the world and yeah. build off from it. It also isn't burdened by comic books or any other previous past. So no one's going to turn around and go, well, that's not accurate. Right. <laughs> we have a big you know, opportunity. It is what to... it is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's got a lot working for it. Now, as well. was this a Lucas property? This was a, yes, this is a Lucas got from. Film. And this they... was produced by George Lucas and directed by Ron Howard, the original film. Oh, wow. And I do believe Ron Howard has had quite a lot of input into the storyline. Oh, wow. You know, fun fact, I actually met Ron Howard at the, um, Film festival, the Tribeca Film Festival. There's, oh, a picture, really? there's a picture of me with him framed somewhere in this mess. Yeah, but, yeah. I thought you were going to say right. that you met him at the Weird Al Yankovic concert. I was actually thought you maybe gone to ours for a burger and, you know, <laughs> you sat in his stool and the Fonz kind of hit the, <laughs> hit yeah, the two, and... yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not that old. But... <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> but yeah that's cool that's very cool yeah so yeah look it's got a lot of quality behind it doesn't it yeah Absolutely. it looks good the, the the poster looks good um i'm super excited to go back to that universe because again it's the fantasy renaissance we've got house of the dragon lord of the rings you might as well you know hop on the bandwagon and get some decent yeah. fantasy in there you've got the budgets you've got the people Let's let's make use of it. We've got the story it's just a, sitting there dormant forever, so it's time. And it's a very joyful. It was a very joyful movie. It yeah. was. It was a classic so, and, '80s half. And that's what's been missing from the fantasy genre at the moment, Absolutely. isn't it? Right. I, I mean, yeah, someone who's just dark. finished watching Rings of Power and House of Dragon. There's not a lot of joy happening. In no. The show. <laughs> no. So it'll be nice to go no. on a joyful adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well. I hope you're all looking forward to it. But as strong as November looks, all the things we've said and and talked about today, if there's anything I haven't spoke about, please let us know in the comments below what you're looking forward to. Um, 
I personally, I, I, I can't really talk about it because it's not getting a big release in November. Uh, in November, this is more of a December thing. Uh, there's going to be a limited theatrical release for Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio. Uh, so if you're one of the people who's absolutely seeing it in theater and you're looking forward to it and you're mad that we didn't talk about it today, go ahead and sound off in the comments. Uh, that, curio that cabinet of curiosity show that he's got currently out, my wife has been watching it at the moment. It looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Mel yeah. Del Toro. Everything he touches is magic. You can't go yeah. wrong. So can't tell me wrong. what you're looking forward to. Tell us what you disagree with. Uh, tell t tell me if you're one of the other Dragon Prince fans, and it's not just me here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch Titans? Because somebody <laughs> had to. Tell us <laughs> what happened still, in season three, everyone. Tell me if you still have that blockbuster tape and you just never returned it. Wow, that would be fun. Let us know in the comments how you are feeling uh, for Jason and Captain Joe Dove. Uh, I am Brandon Lou. Thank you. And uh, we will see you in the future. Subscribe to the channel, guys. Hit the buttons.